This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. On August 10th, 1673, Johann Conrad Depor was born in a castle in Germany. You might not know this name, just like you might not know the name of this week's guest. However, if you sleep on this week's guest or Johann Conrad, you might get a little freaked out because they're both bad scientists. But what about that Johann dude would make you feel freaked out? Well, he was considered one of the most infamous bad scientists of all time. Oh yeah, you might recognize it when I tell you this. He was born in Castle Frankenstein. Welcome to Fantasy Football Origin Stories, where each episode is a journey back in time to explore the unique experiences of some of the coolest and most influential people in the fantasy football industry. I'm your host, Arnie Chapman, also known as the Football History Dude. Now, I love fantasy football, and I want you to come along with me to explore the yesteryear of the armchair gridiron. So hop on board my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. This time as we step up the DeLorean, the date is September 9th, 1995. And we're sitting in front of the TV to watch the premiere of a new comedy, I guess we'll call it, cartoon TV show. It's called Pinky and the Brain, a show where a genius mouse and his not-so-bright buddy conspire to conquer the world. They even always say it in the episode, what are we going to do today? What we do every day, we're going to try to take over the world. Kind of like a mad scientist, right? Well, it's just like this week's guest, Aaron St. Dennis. Albeit, Aaron is the fantasy football mad scientist, not the kind that's going to take over the whole world. Instead, he's trying to take over just the fantasy football space. And 1995 happens to also correlate to a story that we're going to find out later from this week's guest and what we're going to call the daily, well, I guess it's the weekly fantasy football history lesson. Because this is the year that the Detroit Lions were the number one offense in the entire league. I even had a football card with Scott Mitchell on it to prove it. This is, of course, something that we're going to base off of the pro football references list for the fantasy football. Now, that year, Emma Smith was the number one overall scorer. Makes sense. 1990s Hall of Fame running back. Jerry Rice was number two. And Isaac Bruce was number three. All makes sense, right? You know, we know all of these guys being Hall of Famers. But here's the kicker. As a Lions fan, anyways. Because at number four overall was 84. But number one in my heart, Mr. Herman Moore. You might not know that name if you're not a hardcore fan or you don't Remember growing up in the 90s? This dude could play. Now, Barry Sanders was number seven overall. And Scott Mitchell, the quarterback, again, you might not know him, but he was number 12 overall. Talk about a trio that if even if you were a homer, it's okay. You pick all your Detroit Lions. And it could have even made sense back then. Heck, Brett Perriman was number 16 overall, number 80. Talk about a dominant year. Again, we'll get into the inner. We'll talk about why this is somewhat kind of relevant with picking a bunch of players from the same team and talking about the Detroit Lions and all that stuff. But now first, it's kind of like a, I guess a little segue transition. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to talk about Herman Moore again on this podcast. So I just want to straight up say, 
how much of an awesome dude he was. And what I remember personally, as a kid, I don't remember how old I was. I don't remember the exact year. It wasn't 95. They used to come to Saginaw Valley State University for training camp for like a three or four year period. Now, when you're a kid and you can get an autograph from your hero on the gridiron, now that's a cat's pajamas, right? But if you could take a photo with this person, that might even be better. But then, when you add on top of it that this guy had just dominated and is a perennial pro bowler, one of the top of his games, and then when you take a photo that happens to be dark, you realize that this guy, after two-a-days in the hot summer of Michigan, stuck around to sign autographs and take pictures with basically every fan. And then the next year, we had that, and we'll go, whoa, whoa, that's right, this is my story, I'm telling you. So, me and my cousin, we got a picture of Herman Moore sitting there, well, standing, I mean, we're up to maybe his belly button or something, the dude was pretty tall, and he just would, it didn't matter how famous he was or how much clout he had, whatever it might be, screw you, Charlie Batch, you know, I mean, hey, you're probably a better dude now, but this guy wouldn't even sign autographs, he was the rookie quarterback getting driven back to the locker room in a golf cart, you know, really not giving too much. That was my impression. Not a fair statement because that's not really how it was probably. But at any rate, him, Luther Ellis was another one. All I want to say is Herman Moore, man, when we ever get a chance to talk about something on one of my other shows, you are a person that has a lot in my heart. Again, we'll talk about the Detroit Lions with this week's guest and all that kind of stuff. But before we get into the interview, you got to gain a little victory in the Fantasy Football Origin Stories win column. To do this, all you got to do is head over to your favorite podcast player choice, mash that little subscriber follow button. That way you get the hottest, freshest out the press episodes we'll each and every week. Let me go ahead and leave me an honest rating review over there too if you like the show. But for now, I got to get out of here because our mad scientist is freaking me out a little bit. I might have a Frankenstein creation coming after me, you know? So let's get into this interview with the fantasy football mad scientist himself, Mr. Aaron St. Dennis. Let's just start there. Like, what's the first memory you have of fantasy football? You're playing it yourself. Uh, that's, as I was saying earlier, that's how I got into, uh, back into football. Was born and raised in Windsor, right across the river from Detroit. Grew up a diehard Lions fan. I guess I died in the end, but Barry retired in 99. And I just, for a couple of years, I just couldn't stand the way they were running the organization. Stopped watching football altogether, probably until 2004, 2005. When I got back into it, it we were, I was in a new city and I had a friend ask me if I wanted to join his fantasy football league. Had never done it before. Got back into it. I, just, you know, the usual... I go on and I think we have the score over here in Canada. That's, that's, was our major one, like our sports app. It's kind of like Canadian ESPN. So I, uh, just went on there, downloaded their rankings, just went literally right off of that, you know, drafting a quarterback in the first round and so on, just complete noob. Um, as I got to the end of the draft, didn't know what buys were, didn't know any of the strategies. And next thing I know, I looked down and on an 18 man roster, I believe I had six, six or seven New Orleans Saints. <laughs> then I became a Saints fan after two or three years. I, I believe this was a, may have been a keeper league, but anyway, so I ended up with Breeze, Marcus Colston, Shockey, and just a whole bunch of them, and been a Saints fan ever since with a, a hidden soft spot for my local Lions. 
when they're not playing the Saints, I always kind of secretly cheer for them, but um, I just, I always know how it's going to end, so I try not to get too invested. Over here in Canada, it's all hockey, so hockey was my first thing, and uh, over here, the, the there's tons of Maple Leaf fans for Toronto, and they just do it over and over and over again, even this week. They get themselves invested, and it's going to be their year, and it's just heartbreak all over, so... I try not to let the Lions do it to me, and I just, I just cheer them on. But that—that that was my first memory of uh, fantasy football in any fashion. It got me back into football, and it converted me to a Saints fan. So, I mean, we'll we'll get into that too. But so, do you play hockey fantasy at all now because of learning about the sport? That's how I started. Actually, I started with fantasy hockey and fantasy baseball. Love the Red Wings. Love the Tigers. Um, Baseball, I found it's 162 game season. There's day games every day. It was just, it was too much work. It was literally a full time job. It was insane. Gave up on that after a few seasons. Always played hockey every year with the same group of guys every year, probably 10 years running. And then, um, what was it? 2000, 2016, I started to notice that I wasn't just your typical, casual player i i you know each year my stats and my spreadsheets get seem to get a little more in depth and next thing you know i'm a spreadsheet warrior and so i i kind of became an amateur analyst for that you know like a, a fantasy expert in that continued playing up until just before the pandemic and when the pandemic hit all my hockey leagues i was down to two my hockey league fantasy hockey leagues both closed and never opened back up and that's when i made the shift over to fantasy football and the first year I did this in 2019, I was just, I was just having fun with it. I said, Hey, I'm going to open an account here and try and, you know, um, uh, just try and run with it. Next thing I know, two, three, well, almost four years, well, I think three years later, three, four years later. And, uh, it seems to have exploded more than I could ever imagine, but it all started with just loving hockey and baseball. Well, what about CFL? Do you ever play, do you ever dabble in that or not really? Oh my God, we've, I've, I'm a bit of a sicko and I get bored. So we've tried CFL, fantasy CFL, XFL, USFL, WWE. We we're getting into anything golf, but I just, I can't stand CFL. The rules are ridiculous. It's just, it, it's a joke. I, I know everyone says, oh, well, it's Canadian and this and that and three. No, I'm good. I have watched, I, I know you're probably not Canadian. Don't know where you're from, but you've probably watched about the same amount of CFL as I have. I just can't do it. I've watched more XFL than CFL, actually. Huh. I mean, yeah, they are. They do have a little bit of differences as far as like the style of play and everything. Um, I guess the question is, you, I like, okay, you say, hey, I've watched maybe more CFL than you have or the same amount. I would have to typically watch them on, say, some kind of cable stream. Like, can you watch regular NFL games over where you're at on regular TV, or do you have to get like direct TV or ticket pass? We get um, the Fox, Fox and CBS gets you the one game that they're broadcasting in each time slot. We have for the longest time you could get uh, through Direct TV. They what is it? NFL Sunday Ticket. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it was. We haven't had that here in a few years. A company named DAZN took over. D A Z N. Have you heard of them? Mm -mm. 
anyway, so it's just, if you look it up, it's a streaming site that's basically Netflix for, I think they do UFC, w, uh, UFC, WWE, NFL, some soccer. So the first year that was out, they were absolutely terrible and the games were unwatchable and just buffering. But now that's, I think it's 19 bucks a month and I, I just stream everything off of there. You know, I just saw the advertisements that YouTube this year is going to be promoting or having the NFL package. I don't know if it's a separate package you can purchase or if you have to have the NFL Red. Or I'm sorry, the YouTube Red, but maybe that's an option for you as well. Weren't they uh, streaming some of the games, the Monday night or Thursday nighters or um, something? Amazon was doing, and I think, believe still is, the Thursday night games. I'm not sure about the whole YouTube if they have or not. Not a sponsor by any means, but if they want to be, go ahead. You know, give them, give us a shout at the Fantasy Football Stories, right? <laughs> I like my, uh, I like my DAZN. It's nice. It like it's mobile. I can put it on anything. It's cheap. The one thing I wish I could find, like I've got, you know, those little Android boxes in that you can pick it up. I have a hard time finding the ESPN feed for Monday Night Football. I love the Manning cast. It's so difficult to find a good version of it over here in Canada. That's the best part. I would, we get the typical, you know, just your, what is it? Collinsworth on Monday night now? The boring feed? <laughs> we, well, not, we get stuck with that. Right, right. Yeah. So I don't actually, you know, for being such a football fan, I don't have ESPN. So I don't even see most of the Monday night games. I'm at the, so D A Z N, right? That's what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm yep. on there. Again, not a sponsor, but if they want to promote and they want to sell on fantasy football origin stories, go ahead. But So let's get back to the fantasy football itself. I mean, uh, so you haven't been play, playing this fantasy football sport for as long of a time, but maybe take me back to your first, um, I don't know, your 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 first like player. You talked about Drew Brees and, and uh Colson and them, but like pick a favorite fantasy football player of all time that you've had on your team that like, hey, this is my dude. It was the I'm not gonna go with the chalk. Like I was, that's how I, I became a Drew Brees fan for that reason. He was awesome. But the one that was it's two that it takes me back to my first ever championship. I probably been like I said, I think I started in 06 or 08, didn't win a championship till I believe 15 or 16 when I started taking it more seriously. And the two running backs that carried my team will for forever have a soft spot in my heart. Any guess in who who they were that carried me through the playoff run? Two thousand and eight. No, no, no. 2016. 2016. I'm guessing Gurley was I there. Was, um, Gurley is one. I remember what year everybody came out because that was no Barkley came out later. Yeah, I, I can't remember the timing. You're going to have to give me a hint. Shady McCoy. Oh, okay, yeah. So was that when he was with Buffalo, or was he still a Philly at that time? Buffalo. And the two of them, I got at the trade deadline, just making a run for it. I think I was the number five seed. And in the three weeks of the playoffs, the two of them combined were enough to beat any of my opponents without any other players in the line. They both put up, uh, what was it, like 200 apiece through the three-week playoffs. It was the greatest thing I've ever seen. I was unbeatable. Speaking of that, I mean, because I mean, you kind of fell upon it, like you said, with the trade. So, like, what's your general, like, if you had to put a stamp on your style of fantasy football play, like, what would it be? Oh, my. I am the most active manager you will ever see. Every league, like, I, I played 47 leagues last year. A lot of them were charity, a lot, some were work, whatnot. But even with that many leagues, you will look and there'll be, you know, a combined 200 waiver moves throughout the season. 120 were mine. A combined 
You know, I think uh, through three years of my my work Dynasty League, there's been 76 trades. I've been involved in something like 49 of them. I'm just, I'm always, like, I'm a stock market kind of guy. I'm always just, they're stocks to me. Just buy, uh, buy low, sell high, buy low, sell high, over and over. And even, like, I just, I've got my little flow sheet where I'll have, you've got, you know, your two or three spots at the end of your bench that are, you know, revolving door right so i'll take my three spots i'll pick up three guys i like on the thursday night game they don't do anything i'll drop them pick up three guys from the one o'clock game on sunday they don't do anything three guys from the four three guys from sunday night three guys i will have 30 waiver claims that are just a revolving door and everyone wonders why i do it but you know once or twice a season i hit eli mitchell i hit james robinson i hit last year it was tyler algier guided me to a championship you throw enough darts or, you know, you dig enough holes, eventually you strike gold. And that's just me. I'm, I'm always a, uh, even with trades, like I'll, I'll make the deals where people send me messages and saying, what the hell is wrong with you? Are you out of your mind? Why would you accept that? And then a month later, we'll look back and they'll go, oh man, that was a really good trade. So it's, you know, I, I've learned to don't worry about the trade calculators. Don't worry about whatever people say, trust your process and just go with it. And I'm super active because of it. You know, I, I like to do the, he just reminded me of one of my draft strategies is like, I wouldn't draft like a kicker or a defensive player or something like that. I'm like, Hey, before the season, I know. Yeah. You're shaking your head. Like you do the same thing. Pick them up last minute. <laughs> Except for it doesn't help you when the waiver wires in this one league, it was RT sports and they didn't even start until the first week, like after kickoff. And then, so I got, I didn't have a kicker at a defense my first week of the, I don't remember if I won or not. I, I, I'm, let's just say I still won because I crushed it. But yeah, so there's a pro tip out there for everybody. I mean, speaking of, you know, like you said, hey, I got this flow sheet and these trade high, tra- uh, you know, sell, sell high and buy low. What's like a leading indicator for you then? Or how do you choose or target a player? Just. The guys who've had, you know, the guys who've started off with four awesome weeks. What was it last year? Was it, I'm thinking Carson Wentz. Was it last year or the year before? Started off on fire through four or six weeks, but you just looked and the schedule was a joke. The metrics, they just the numbers were unsustainable, and that's the thing I learned in uh, fantasy hockey. I used to be on the forum nonstop of a site called uh, Left Wing Lock. And it was all hockey, but they always had this thing called the weekly unsustainable, uh, like, uh, index. And you just go and you look at the people who, you know, guys got what four targets for three catches and three touchdowns. So it's just, it's not sustainable. So, or the guys who, you know, they've had some bad lucks, maybe a running back whose team's gotten blown out and they've had, haven't had to run, you know, you buy them low. It's just, there's not one specific way. You just really, you have to really pay attention. And, you know, every once in a while you pick up on things or just guys where, uh, uh, picking up running, rookie running backs, even rookie wide, wide receivers, you know, the week they go on a buy and see if their workload expands coming out of the buy. Just, you know, little things. Like I said, it's all about just taking shots over and over and hoping you hit a few throughout the year and turn your wasted bench guys into, you know, potential studs or even flex players. You, you mentioned a couple of like, moves more recently but what's a trade well i mean the mccoy the shady mccoy one too but uh, besides that maybe like your most uh let's how am i going to word this question the trade that you went into you're like maybe i shouldn't have made that and then actually it turned out you're like wow that was an awesome trade 
Oh, I have so many. The, the, there's a trade, actually, I can't say it's worked out awesome because it hasn't finished yet. I made one last week and everyone in my league made fun of me for it. And even at the time, maybe I think two weeks ago, I said to myself, I don't know if I like this move, but I'm in a dynasty league. I own all the picks this year. I actively tanked last year. 2021, I was 8-1 and one going into week 10. Every player either got injured, they were old and underproducing, I had Brady and whatnot. They, one of them ran half naked across the field. I won't name any names. You know, it, it was a sell time. So I decided I ended up squeaking in as the sixth seed, but I decided I was going to sell off all my old players for, you know, they were giving away 2023 first rounders. So I sold them all off. Now I have all the 2023 first rounders. So this year I'm going to have a nice young rookie team, but I had one va- high value receiver that I'm a little scared of, Cooper Cup little old, coming off an injury. So I said, you know what? I'd love to move him for a a slight tier downgrade re- receiver, wh- you know, and get something extra. I had a list of maybe 12 receivers I'd be willing to take. Started with St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, stuff like that. Nobody wanted it. Ended up settling on a guy I'm not sold on at all. Traded him for Christian Watson and a second. Hated the deal when I made it, but the more I've gotten away from it in the few, past few weeks, the more I look back and I think, I don't mind that trade. You know, I, I think it might work out. It might backfire in my face, but, you know, there's a lot of that. You just kind of, you, you just, you know, follow your gut and um, see if it works out. The um, Actually, the best one, I, uh, I kind of transitioned myself into remembering one there. Um, what was the COVID year? 2020? 2021? Yeah, 2020. Took advantage of that COVID game. Was it Tennessee and Buffalo? The one that was canceled due to COVID? Uh, there were a couple of them, but that was I believe that was one of them, yeah. Had a guy, he was super low on A.J. Brown, had no receivers left for the Tennessee-Buffalo game, and had nobody, like, needed someone to play. I don't remember who I gave him, but it was someone, like, it was a low-end running back that never did anything. Like, I want to say it was a... Uh, was it was it not Raheem Mostert? He was up, but anyways, it was a low end guy. Ended up being a flex running back. He made the deal and traded me for AJ Brown and flexed the guy, and then AJ Brown carried me to a championship the rest of the season. Just because, like, I ended up that week, I had no one to start. I took the loss, but I got AJ Brown. So people are saying, "Oh, you're you're you know you're in a playoff hunt here. How can you take an automatic loss?" Well, it carried me to a championship, so. You know, that's, well, okay, two things. A, was that a was that your Dynasty League, or was that just a regular redraft league? No, no, okay. no. Okay. Redraft, that would have been like Dynasty. Yeah, that's insane in Dynasty. It would have been yeah, crazy yeah, no. if it was Dynasty. Okay, so the other thing was, another thing I used to do when I would draft was be super meticulous about, okay, if there's a bye week, I'm not going to take him. Like, I wouldn't duplicate buys. But now I'm at the point where, A, most of my roster is not going to be the same by the time bye weeks come around. B, even if I do take the L, I'm going to be stronger on the other ones. It's like you just said. It's, yeah. it's like I, that's, that's one of my, I guess, things I used to be super hardcore on, but I don't even factor in anymore. Yeah. Doesn't always work out for you, some <laughs> of the plans. Um, two, not the, I think two years ago, went into the final week. We had this really weird redraft league where they have a, they set up a play-in round, but it's the last round of the, or it's the last week of the season where there's still buys. So that week, I had already clinched the number two seed. I had a first round playoff buy. The other guy still had to play. 
His only quarterback was Jalen Jalen Hurts, who was on a bye that week. So the week before I seen this, decided to make a deal with him for, I don't remember who my quarterback is. Might have been Jared Goff. I think it was Jared Goff. I sent him the offer and he declined and said, wait, what do you think I'm crazy? Why the heck would I make that deal? It was the year, at, you know, right when Jalen Hurts, I think it was last year when he started to heat up. And I looked at him and I said, well, there's no quarterbacks left on waivers because everyone's looked a week in, a, in advance and they've scooped up all your quarterbacks. And he still had no idea what I was talking about. And then sure enough, he goes, looks at the schedule, realizes he has, his no, has no quarterback and sends me the offer again. So I got Jalen Hurts for Jared Goff who I don't think he led me to a championship that year because I think he got hurt. Was it last year? He was terrible in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, la- like yeah, because he didn't end up playing 21. a couple last year, too. I don't remember what the time. It was near the end of the yeah. year. He didn't play a couple. But So it didn't work out for me. Like In the end, I, like I made the right play. just didn't work 100%. out. 100% so. on paper, you get... Jalen Hurst for Jared Goff. I mean, you take, I don't, yeah, sure, Goff had some good games last year, but every, hands down, you take that Jalen Hurst side of the trade. Yeah. So speaking of, yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's get into maybe, you know, transition. We'll talk more, of course, about fantasy football and our experiences, but let's talk about kind of the reason why I found you and brought you on the show. We're going to, I don't know if you can see this thing right here in the the picture. It's a little DeLorean. You're going to ride shotgun in this baby. You're going to head back in time. We're going to go back to, uh, we'll call it your, this is your origin story for the the mad scientist show. Like take me back to the time when you said, Hey, I'm going to start a podcast and tell, tell me the story up until now. Well, it wasn't that long ago. Like I said, started off mainly hockey, mainly baseball, baseball died off because it was too much work. Stuck pretty good with hockey. And then hockey died. Um, right around the time hockey, my hockey league shut down because of COVID, I, um, got separated, uh, from my wife. So single dad, you know, raising an eight year old, well, he's eight now. He was five at the time. Um, didn't have a whole lot to do. He's always playing my video games. Can't really go anywhere and have a social life. So I just decided, you know what? I'll focus a little more on fantasy football. And so the first year where I was, uh, newly divorced, I just put a lot more effort into my home league and then I found I was having fun. Um, went online and like I said, just happened one day I was on Twitter and I noticed a lot of the people have NFL, FF, blah, blah, blah on their name. And I'd go on, you know, some of the other podcasts and I try to get my sit start questions in like everyone else typing away. Nobody ever answers. So one day I just decided to make a, a, a pseudonym, pseudonym, yeah. the bad scientist. Made it up for myself, created a little logo, put FF after it. Next thing I know, I got all my questions answered. So um, that's kind of how it started. It was just me trying to get myself some inside information. And then just out of nowhere, uh, I always wanted to be a writer, but I had happened to be on Twitter just talking football and seen a posting from a smaller site, the League Winners, FF League Winners, um, looking for a writer. So I just... I literally, I messaged the guy and I said, Hey, I'm a decent writer. I have no experience whatsoever, no formal training whatsoever. Uh, Hey, but I'd be interested. So he messaged me and said, well, you know, you have no formal training, but if you want to, I think it was a, my guy, maybe a, my guy, uh, article. He said, pick a, my guy, write up, you know, 1500 words and then send it to me and we'll see how it goes. So I did that. It was uh Kenny Pickett, I think. No, no, it wasn't. That was too soon. Anyways, it was a few years ago. I forget who it was. I don't, it was a quarterback, but sent him the article in and 
he really liked it and I uh, started working for them. And next thing I know, that seemed to open one door after another. Um, that got me into uh, the Scott Fishbowl. Uh, I think for the first time in 2021, 20, it's hard to say. I uh, I was in the satellite for three or four years before I got in, but finally got in and um, I was in, uh, was it last year? Yeah, I think it was last year. It really exploded for me. Two of the guys in my uh, Scott Fishbowl division had their own website that they write for and just out of nowhere happened to invite me to uh, to write for them. Um, so I joined King Fantasy Sports and, you know, thought I was on top of the world. Now all of a sudden I write for two, two, uh, you know, two different websites, even though most of my friends had no idea who they were. Um, kept doing that, made a few other contacts there. I had Pat Fitzmorris in my Scott Fishbowl League. It was a highlight of my life. Told all my friends all year, I get to play Pat week eight. I get to play Pat. Got to week eight, told everyone, promoted it on Twitter, got my butt kicked. It was unbelievable. Got beat by 150, and then I just never mentioned it again. Um, so that, like I said, it kind of just opened one door. Pat got me into the expert platform for Fantasy Pros, where you put your rankings in ECR. And then from there, like I said, it was just kind of, uh, just go for it. I um, was on Twitter, seeing DLF and Player Profiler, both were looking for writers, applied to both. Next thing you know, they both accepted it. I'm writing for them now as well. Um, then uh, I kind of wrote, I, you know, wrote for three or four sites all year long. Was drained, was doing my rankings, publishing stuff. Then the off-season hit. Was really busy doing all the rookie profiles. But about maybe three months ago, uh, once or maybe two months ago, you know, once the lull of the off-season had fully kicked in, I just looked and I said, you know what? Uh, Maybe I'll start doing some podcasts. So I, that's I, my my channel. If you look, is probably three months old. Actually, it's a year old. But um, I I streamed a mock draft last year in a family league and didn't do another video for a year. It was terrible. I had no idea what I was doing. But um, I had a buddy about three months ago at work say, you know, hey, it's the off season. I'm always looking for more podcasts to, to watch and listen to. Why do you never do more? So I, I was, as I was telling you before, it's amazing how welcoming the people in the fantasy, fantasy industry are. I just happened to send out a, um, basically a mass, uh, Twitter DM just saying, Hey, I'd like to do 15, 20 minute, my guy episodes on my podcast. Would you be interested? Hoping I'd maybe get one or two. I end up with something like 47 replies of people I didn't even know or didn't think knew I existed. And I published, I think. 35 of them in like 15 days and next thing i know i start i'm starting another one this week on the team by team breakdowns after and next thing you know i apparently have a nightly podcast with guests i didn't you know who never even used to answer my my questions on their pod so it's been a whirlwind it's it's amazing how welcoming the people in this industry are yeah i mean anybody i've ever spoken to has been real cool too uh well, I, I mean, there's a lot of follow-up questions. First, okay, you said I just put Mad Scientist and then FF behind it, and now I'm legit. But like, what? How did you fall upon the term Mad Scientist? Is there like a backstory there? Absolutely, it's not. It's not a you know elaborate backstory. But I told you, I'm I'm very active, and I concoct these ridiculous trades and flow sheets for my ad drops and everything. And I forget what I did, but I made this trade. 
Oh, you know what it was? Two and a half years ago, two years ago, during the offseason, I was selling and I had Kenny Galladay. And I flipped Kenny Galladay for two firsts and a second. And my buddy in the group chat message, the mad scientist is at it again. And that's where the name came from. Further on that story, the Kenny Galladay picks turned into George Pickens, the 101 and the 201 this year. Wow, that's you. So you flipped Galladay yeah. for all of that capital? For. For Pickens, Bijan Robinson, and whoever I, whoever I take at two one. You, you yeah. could have ended it at Pickens, but yeah. still, that's not even that great. But then you say Bijan. Okay, now you're saying the the the, the dog of this year. And man, I mean, this, was this before Galladay even took a snap for the Giants? Or I mean, why did someone take that pick? Nope. Detroit Lions Homer, who had no value in picks, was going for it. His theory was. Kenny Galladay, uh, this was going into last year, I think. Kenny Galladay is going to be a top five receiver. So I said, okay, even if you believe that to be true, true, you're overpaying for a top five receiver at two. It was two first. It ended up being the 10, the 109 or 110 last year, and then the 101, 201 this year. That's still too much, even if you believe it. But. <laughs> well, just the fact of, if let's back that up a little bit, the fact that the one that you got turned into the 101 tells you how good of a team he had last year because of Galladay sitting on the bench. <laughs> Thank you. But, just, okay, so this is, so I, I've made, this is like part of where the name came from. I, so I, like I said, I ended up selling a whole bunch of picks or a whole bunch of players. This year, I have going into my rookie draft, which we don't do for another month or so. I owned the entire first round except for the 102. I also owned 201, 202, 204, 206. Wow. I still have a half decent team. I still had Cup, Walker, Alave, Traylon Burks, Pickens. I have no quarterback. I think it's Sam Howell, but, um, but so well, this year, it, there's a few of them. I looked and I said, <laughs> But I looked and I said, there's too many picks. I don't know what I'm going to do with them all. So naturally, I don't know. I, I don't even know how this worked. But so I took my one twelve, my 111 and my 112 and I traded them for 2024 picks. But the 2024 picks I, I traded them for are first rounders on the teams that I project to be the two worst ones. So essentially, I flipped the 111 and 112 for probably two top three or four picks. And I had the guy who who named me the mad scientist message me right after and says, they may be stupid enough to let you pull that off, but I see what you just did there. So <laughs> Yeah, no, it's the same thing. I, I'd get that with some of the trades that I would make in my leagues, not maybe called the mad scientist, you know, the shark on the water or whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what, what, okay, as we move along to, let's first talk about the, the, the podcast itself, the mad scientist show. So what is... I don't know if you had to like write a, a a billboard. Like, what's the goal of the show ultimately? I was just just creating content, having a good time. You know, giving a, ch a chance for. I've got a lot of the smaller sites with you know people who are new to the industry as well, and we're just the last series was my guys, and it was everyone just came on and they gave their three rookie my guys. It was a chance to get your you know to network. We have a lot. I've got a couple of leagues. I have a. It's called the Creators Anonymous League, and it's literally. It's a 14-team league, and what I did was we got 28 managers into the league, uh, all analysts, content creators, whatever, and I drew at random, and you were paired to co-manage a team with just some dude from another site, just with the intention of networking. And that's kind of um, that's kind of the point of the podcast, just you know, to network and help us all expand, help us get you know our voices out there, and 
talk about things. Uh, like I said, I started with my guys. Next, I'm doing a team by team breakdown. I let ev- I put out a, a mass, you know, invite. Everyone pick their team, and they're all going to come on and break them down. And that's that's really all it was. Just you know, just having some fun talking football, trying to kill the uh, dog days here till we get to draft season. Yeah, yeah. Especially with this time of like for a couple months here, there's not a whole lot going on if you're not in the dynasty. If so, if someone's out there and they want to somehow contribute to either, like, I mean, now it's the team by team and stuff. If they want to contribute, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, contact me on Twitter at FF Mad Scientist. Uh, basically, at FF Mad Scientist on any social media, but Twitter's the easiest. Do you have an idea of some of the other beyond the team by teams or like what your maybe, I guess you could say, production calendar looks like, or are we too far away from that? Um,. Yeah, I I've got, I just, I'm starting recording. Actually, I was supposed to earlier today, but one guy rescheduled. Starting the team by team tomorrow. That's going to take me through all of May. Then when I get to June, um, it's still probably going to be too early for, you know, I sprinkle in some mock drafts here and there and some live shows. Um, no, really, you know, haven't really gotten that far in advance. I, I'm open to ideas. Oh, there you are. <laughs> I said, I'm always kind of, I was just going to say, there you go. Anyone listening to the show, if you want to give Aaron some ideas, at FFMadScientist, where you can find him. Mostly on Twitter, you said, right? Yeah, that's how I find most of my ideas. I just message my work uh, group chat, and I say, hey, what do you guys want to hear about next? And that's what my show turns into. So. so one thing that I saw also, you know, speaking of the whole content creating and all that kind of thing was the Fantasy Sports Writers Association, you know, your state that you're a member. Like, what does that really mean for somebody that's never heard of the FSWA? Uh, it, it's more of a credential thing. Like, uh, I, I actually, I had a site, I won't name names to give it away, but uh, they, I, I had media credentials for the NFL draft. And it was just, it's... It's more just to say you're legit so that, you know, it's uh, I'm a member of the club. It's, you know, I'm not just some guy on here spouting off random information. I actually have some credibility. Um, they, they do a lot of good things, too. There's lots of things on there for charity. There's um, oh, I should have brought up the site. I wish I'd known you were going to ask that. There's a whole bunch of stuff on there. They vote on awards in that. And, you know, just that, you know, trying once again, it seems the majority of the fantasy football industry, it's a, it's a lot about networking. And that's what that seems to be. You know, it, get, it helps you get in touch with people, some of the senior people who are, you know, have some more experience and can help you mentor. And, uh, there, you know, there's, there's everything on there. If you're looking for guests for shows or places that are looking to hire, stuff like that, it's just a little bit of everything. It's a great re- resource. You mentioned earlier the Scott Fishbowl and talk about like networking and something that, if you're in fantasy football, you've heard of it. I mean, like I've never been part of it before. What is for someone that's never heard of the Scott fishbowl? What is it? And like, what, what, uh, I don't know. Like, how does it go about? It is the, uh, three, a 3000 person fantasy football tournament run by Scott fish. I don't know his exact, but it's Scott fish on Twitter on uh, the whole thing. There's no mandatory donation, but everyone gives anywhere, you know, five $50, whatever. And it all goes to fantasy cares. And I think last year they did a toy drive for Christmas, but it's just for fun. You get in there and you draft your team. It's, uh, it's not quite best ball, but it, you, you draft in June. Um, so you ever, you know, before you draft before you know a lot and there's essentially no waivers because it's so deep. The rosters are huge and there's no trading allowed because there's too many, you know, there's, I, I don't know how many is a couple hundred 
12 player, uh, what is it, whatever it is, a, a whole bunch of leagues so that you can't monitor them all. So there's just no trading, but it's, it's essentially just getting people in there and having fun and raising some money for charity. Um, like I said, last year or you know, the two years ago, that's where I met the one person who invited me to write for them. Um, when I originally signed up, as I said, when I was just, you know, Aaron St. Dennis on Twitter, knew nobody. I think I got in these satellites for three years. Last year, I managed to get in once I had, that's, a, it's a credibility again. I had the, at the league winners on my thing, my thing saying FSWA, whatnot. And all of a sudden that seemed to get me enough cred to get into Scott Fishbowl. I originally picked to be in Toronto, a couple hour drive from me. Then I happened to be scrolling through and look and seeing Pat Fitzmorris, you know, one of my favorite analysts, had four open spots in his division. I clicked over and transferred immediately, and nobody seemed to notice that I got in there, and it was a great way. It got me in to talk to Pat, and, you know, we added him to the group chat, and he was on my pod last week. So I snuck my way into networking, but um, even that, we, um, the group, like, so I made my own personal donation when I joined, but when we got into the group chat for our division, the 12 of us, I believe we all put in $25, and we donated it to Tag Strong the uh, charity for Mike Taglier from Fantasy Pros who passed away during COVID. So we had uh, Pat Fitzmorris was a Fantasy Pros guy, so we decided to donate. I don't know how much it ended up being to that, but like I said, it's uh, just more of a networking thing. It was fun, but it's, you know, it's like I started playing, uh, I started gambling. I grew up with uh, horse racing and poker. And I always uh, equate the Scott Fishbowl to one of the tournaments I used to play in poker where it's, you know, 20,000 or 10,000 people in it. You know you're probably not going to win, but it's still fun to say you played. You know, who doesn't want to go to the World Series of Poker? You don't expect to win the darn thing, but you can say you played and, you know, you just hope it lasts a little bit longer than, you know, you're not out right away. So You mentioned something about how Toronto's kind of a close drive or whatever. For a, Do they actually have live drafts too, or is it all just online? Um, last year, I think he did 12 live ones. There was Toronto, LA, New York, the big ones, but, uh, Toronto, I think was the closest live one. And then, like I said, I realized I couldn't make it down on the night for their live draft. And as I was looking to switch divisions, I found Pat and you know, the rest is history. So. Isn't it pretty cool? Like you said that you were put in front of one of your favorite analysts and then you're able to communicate and that's just what the industry itself is. And that's one reason why it's yeah. cool to hear these backstories from everybody, you know, through, through this show and some other ones. Like I said, the last, last couple of months when I was trying to find guests a year ago, when I started the pot, my podcast, I did one mock draft put out you know anybody want to be on my podcast nobody couldn't pay anyone to be on it i did it again a couple of months ago and i couldn't believe the people who replied i must have messaged maybe a hundred people and out of the hundred people you know one or two were busy because it's drafts you know the nfl draft this weekend i think i had two people who basically told me to take a hike and the funny part was they weren't the big dogs in the industry one of them was a coworker who I write with, and he just apparently is kind of a jerk. And the other guy was just like, "No, nah, I don't do podcasts." So. Right, right. So for other reasons, out of all the big names that I, yeah, all the big names where I'm like, "Oh, I can't believe these guys are replying," and the one who tells me to take a hike is a guy I know. <laughs> I was on his podcast the other day, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, thanks, buddy." Right, yeah, no, it's, <laughs> this you mentioned earlier, fantasy pros too. I want to, I want to not forget about this because you some what was that thing you called it ECR or EPR the the ranking thing. 
ECR, Expert Consensus Rankings. It's just, I think Fantasy Pros has maybe 250 experts on there. And you go in and you just put your weekly and year-long rankings. And then this just basically, you can click on each individual ranker or you can just click the ECR, which is the average of all, you know, however many people you select. And it just tells you what the average ranking they have is. So is is that like they give you some kind of like backend access or like on your site? Because I've seen before, like, yeah, that said you're an expert ranker and you look very similar, their their format to when I go on their site. It's the same thing. Um, Yeah, you get a... Uh, Pat Fitzmore set me up with that. Yeah, they, they email you the link. You have to set up your account and you go on and you have basically not admin access, but you go in and you can do all sorts of stuff there. Um, you upload their ranks and they automatically, they update when you do it, it updates on their sites within minutes normally. And it allows you to kind of, you can click, there's a spot to link like to, um, what's the word? Copy the link and then copy and paste it to wherever you want. And there, I think their only, uh, their only, uh, agenda is you have to tag them in it when you're posting, you know, to get them more publicity. So that, that was kind of cool being invited to that. I couldn't believe it, but it's, uh, it's a pretty cool That's thing. It's pretty neat, um, concept from their perspective too, to be able to let people contribute. Obviously they get publicity from it and everything too, but, uh, yeah. Would you, okay. This upcoming year, I won't get you. I won't hold you down to names yet because of this. Too many changes that are happening. But like, how? What's your approach normally with? Uh, let's just go quarterbacks. Like, what style are you looking for? Ah, uh, see, okay, I've written an article about this in Dynasty. I am. I'll give you a Dynasty and a redraft answer. In Dynasty, I am against the rushing quarterbacks. I know the Jalen Hurts and the Josh Allens. I know the the cheat code they can give you, but my whole article, the thesis of it is treat rushing quarterbacks like running backs. They have a two or three year window, then the rushing ability tapers off, the injuries kick in, and their value plummets. Whereas you see uh, Tom Brady is a bad example because it's Tom Brady, but a uh, Matthew Stafford. He what's would he have 15 years in the league of consistent value? You know, Matt Ryan, these pocket passers, they may not give you the same ceiling as like the Jalen Hurts, but they will give you 15 years of production. Whereas, you know, uh, Jalen, Cam Newton or whatever, they give you four or five years like a running back and they fall off a cliff. Um, and then as far as Dyna, uh, redraft goes, Typically, uh, my I think the only the most of the redrafts I play in are one quarterback. Um, I always I was always a fan of wait and draft the quarterback late. I think you're going to see that change this year. Uh, normally, you were able to get you know the middle round of quarterbacks, the Brady, Stafford, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, those guys provided decent enough value to get you by. Last year, it was if you didn't have the top five or six quarterbacks, you were dead. So I think you're going to see quarterbacks in redraft go earlier this year than you've seen in 10 years. So. Yeah, that's something that I you know, talked about recently, I think on the last episode or maybe the one before, of how I used to be, uh, okay, I'm taking three running backs in a row in the first, second, third, and round, you know, third round back in the day. But obviously you do that now, that's not going to work out too well for you. So it's just you got to be able to change as it goes. And speaking of changes, one of the DeLorean questions I like to ask is now you get to ride that thing 20 years into the future and you get to tell me what do you think is the difference or the change or what you'd like to see different in the fantasy football industry? 
Oh, um, I, I don't know to tell you the truth. Um, I think the COVID already brought about most of the changes, like things like this, us looking on a, you know, face to face on a podcast. This was just something out of an old Simpsons episode for the longest time. This video chat, you know, COVID kind of forced us to get more comfortable online. And I think that has allowed, you know, us to network easier. Whereas people, you know, that I'd never meet, I'd never come across them maybe once a year. Um, I'm now doing podcasts with a buddy from LA regularly where I never would have met him before. Um, I don't really know. Aside from that, um, I, I think I'd like to see a lot more uh, in-person stuff like Scott Fishbowl. I'd love to see a lot more live drafts. I always find, I don't know if you play in a lot of fantasy football leagues. The best part for me, I join leagues where I don't even want to play in them, but they say we do a live draft party. I'm in. I don't care. I don't care what sport you want to do fantasy golf and do a live draft party. I'll play. I just want to do the live party. And I think that's the best part of fantasy sports. And that's what people should focus on, you know, getting together and do more like, like, um, the guys from player profiler, they had a, they rented out a house for the weekend in Kansas city and they did a whole draft party all weekend. I couldn't, I couldn't make it this year, but it just looked like so much fun. And I think that's what people really need to focus on the, you know, just having fun with it. You know, it's kind of funny because a lot of things have gone that way with technology. Now, a lot of people are trying to air quotes, get back to the roots and, you know, let's get a, you know, and get get back in real life and everything. And the same thing, I, I haven't been to a live draft in a while. I haven't had the leagues that I'm in, but that was one of the coolest things was getting together and all doing the draft and everything like that. So I would agree. Maybe some way, maybe here you go. The future is that the technology has shifted so much that traveling across the country can put you in place with the other people so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was the best part of my hockey league. I think it was 10 years, 12 years. Every year we did a live draft, but it was just, that's the best part. But I think we've gotten so good with technology that we're, we're constantly interacting with other people, but I find we've all lost social skills somehow. Right, right. It's, it's just amazing. It's like you think for people who are like my, my eight year olds in the other room t doing things on TikTok and stuff. I don't have any, he had to teach me how to do it, and, but no social skills whatsoever. Once they leave the house, we've got, we've gone too far into the house now. Now we need to get out and have some actual fun and do live parties. And like I said, the, the NFL draft party looked like a blast to watch. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, again, so before we get on to the final question, where can the listener of the show find your work? Uh, my written work you could find at um, uh, the ffleaguewinners.com, uh, King Fantasy Sports, DLF, which is Dynasty League Football, or playerprofiler.com. You can also find my uh, expert rankings in the ECR on Fantasy Pros. Um, you can catch pretty much all of it. I do a lot of graphics and top 10 top 12 lists and stuff like that that can all be found on any form of social media at ff mad scientist facebook twitter instagram reddit tiktok um and then the videos i do they can be found you know once again just search ff mad scientist anywhere and you'll find me tiktok instagram youtube spotify apple podcast they all have either the podcast version or the video i'm everywhere just ff mad scientist and you'll find some form of my work whether it be written video or audio it's everywhere i'm a true sicko like i said doing this kind of uh 
I really got into it pretty heavy back when hockey shut down. It was meant to be kind of a distraction from a rough divorce, and I have just become a total sicko at it. I'm just full speed ahead, so it's doing its job though. It's kind of it's my therapy, so it's it's quite therapeutic. Well, there you go, FF Mad Scientist, and um, so now we'll change the question at the end of the show. So let's concoct or let's put all these little different things into the beaker and come out with an answer for the listener of the show that is where you were maybe call it three to four years ago and you're like i kind of like this thing but then i want to kind of dive in and maybe start contributing what kind of advice would you give to them be bold i was terrified i stage fright i hated public speaking the first time i did a podcast i was streaming by myself and pick 101 pick one out. I was terrified. Even like responding to things. I just, like I said, one day I just decided I wanted to create a, a fake name, almost a fake name to hide, hide behind in case I d- ended up embarrassing myself because I didn't know anything. Create, create a fun name for yourself. Go on Twitter, network with everyone. I think I followed hundreds of social media, uh, football, fantasy football accounts to the point where they had me blocked temporarily on Twitter to where I couldn't add anyone. Just talk to everyone, network with everyone, reply to everyone, but don't be a jerk. Just be nice, contribute, answer questions. And just like, and then, you know, once you kind of get your foot in the door, just apply for everything. Apply for 10 different writing gigs. You'd be amazed at how open some of these companies are and just will give you a chance. And then you know, even once you get into podcasting, I was terrified to message people I knew to say, hey, do you want to come on my show tomorrow? Just now I go, I'll message 500 people that I've never met that are huge names that I'm terrified to talk to in person, but I don't have to talk to them in person. I can talk to them on Twitter. I just send out a message. Some of them don't ever read it. Some of them tell me no. A ton of them are really nice people. And just like the um, the hook I got to start my show my episodes are only 15 or 20 minutes. So I say, you know, hey, big name radio guy, I know you don't have time for a little fish like me, but it's only 15 minutes if you can spare the time. And, you know, I, I haven't met too many people who won't spare you 15 minutes. And next thing you know, it's your podcast podcast gets longer and longer and people are asking you to be on the show. So just be bold. Go for it. That's all I can, you know, you're going to fail, but just go for it. Who cares? <laughs> There you go. Be bold. Don't care what anybody else thinks about you. You know what? Go out there and have some fun, man. Even if you are putting yourself out there as far as a fantasy football landscape. And I'm sure in the interview, you could probably pick it up. But man, when I was watching this guy, you could tell he's just like, he's just, just, just a regular Joe. Happens to be super passionate about this fake sport that we all love. And it really came through in it. As far as the whole, you know, interview, but you've just talking to each other in the be- in the beginning, afterwards, and all that kind of deal. In fact, it got to the point where it turned him into the mad scientist. But for positive mad scientist, concocting all these things together. Maybe that Frankenstein moment where, you know, Dr. Frankenstein in the book tried to create this monstrosity, but it was out of a good heart. He wants to create this madness that is fantasy football algorithms, hand it over to you, and maybe help you win a championship. Speaking of that, I mean, uh, let's get put it on serious note here. I, seriously, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, again, don't forget to share it with at least one of your friends, you know. Talked about it before. It's one of the only fantasy football podcasts that you're okay sharing with your friends because we're not all about just a bunch of rankings. And the easiest way to do this 
is to, you know, well, of course, hand them your phone, show them what the Fantasy Football Origin Stories podcast is. But you got to head them over to the website, which is fantasyfootballoriginstories.com. Again, that's fantasyfootballoriginstories.com. But for now, dude, I'm through if you're through. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fantasy Football Origin Stories. To make sure you're the first to get the next episode, please make sure to mash that little subscribe or follow button on your podcast player of choice, then head over to the website for the show notes and more fantasy football origin stories. That's at fantasyfootballoriginstories.com. And remember, dudes, where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs>